G'day and welcome to Formula Bums for our last race review of the year. With me is Andy. It's just the two of us this afternoon. How you going, man? Man, it's been the two of us for like the last six weeks. You're right. Look, you're not. You're rarely wrong. By default, makes you mostly right. So you are correct again. So you can start this episode off with a win. Yes, but it, it's just us. It always is. <laughs> Except for like the next episode. Hopefully, we can get at least one of them back, if not both. As I said, man, we'll skull drag him if we have to. I think that's a good idea. It was Abu Dhabi. Of all the races that have ever been raced, it was one of them. It was one of them. That is correct. And really, that's that's it. See that's you, it. folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the year. Is all right? Well, it was wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. 47 seconds. That's a new record for us. I think that's good. Yeah. That was a good episode. All right. See you next week. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the news. The news is more exciting than the race. Let's start with the big one, which came out at 12.30 a.m. our time this morning. Take it away, mate. What do we I got? was still up, and I got a notification on my phone saying breaking news, and the breaking news is Danny, unlike the World Cup, is coming home. He's going back to Red Bull as the third driver. It is now officially confirmed. It has been... Confirmed, unconfirmed, hinted at, reconfirmed, unconfirmed, hinted at again, and now finally confirmed. It is fu- the contract is signed. He's he's going to be appearing at some races next year. It's a lot of simulator work. He has a lot of time to himself. But basically, it's a year for Danny just to chill. I think it's great. Look, marketing-wise, Red Bull have done the best thing they could have done. Yeah, well, Max is hard to market. He is hard to market. He's not very personable. No, he's not. Danny's great. I'm glad that he's still involved in the sport somehow. I'm, I gl- mean, I'm glad he's home. Yeah, and honestly, Red Bull is the only car that is suited to how he drives. So all the conspiracy theories online is this is a little push to check. I was like, if you don't keep the pace, we've got someone in the wing if he keeps up. If in the simulator he's quicker and in the show runs he seems quicker and he suits to the car, everyone's reckoning that this is the little, hey, Checo, we'll replace you. Obviously, like it has to be right. It's Red Bull. They they they've just secured their second championship. They got the world constructors too, didn't they? Yes, they did. They just didn't get the one two like they wanted. Yep. Which essentially means, in order to stay on top, which is where you want to be, they don't want to lose a single point from what they've got, gathered this year. Even no. though it was an absolute brilliant season by Max and Checo, you want what's going to be best for your team, and that is. Whoever's quickest gets the seat. So yeah. yes, it is. I don't I don't think it will be a shafting like we've seen in the past with Gasly and then Albon. Yeah, I know. I think it will be dealt with a lot nicer. On that though, Checo has also hinted more than once, and this isn't even a conspiracy, that he misses his family. This is now a whole year sport. Yes. That, you know. Maybe this is Checo's final year and he just doesn't know it yet. Maybe, or maybe he's already deciding that a year or two max, mm. and then I'm just going to go home, sit on my absolute filthy millions of dollars, and give a really, really good life to my kids. Having Danny in the wings there, someone who's proven, clearly good culture fit, them are max of mates. And did you see the, like, Christian's put his money where his mouth is, because what was it? When it was first announced McLaren was dumping him, Christian was right on there saying, no, if I had the space, I'd have Danny in the team. And he was saying any F1 team should have him in the team. Yep. And he's put the money where his mouth is, and I'm really proud of Christian for doing that. For someone who is very, very easy to hang shit on for just being a Karen. Yep, absolutely. It is nice to see that he's like, nope, I went out first and supported him, so we're going to snag him up. Also, it's a cheap buy. Oh, yeah. He's, he's not st- getting paid a huge amount to be there. But he is getting well compensated. Oh, if you're in the sport, you are getting some compensation. I mean, compared to our salaries, it's a fair compensation. <laughs> but when you think about it, he's he's barely going to be at the rate. Like, they think eight races max, maybe. So I think we can put it down to the North American races, the Australian race, maybe Abu Dhabi. Austria for home. Maybe Austria. Maybe Bahrain. Maybe he gets a run in the test. Who knows? Probably not. But at the end of the day, Danny's going to be there for eight to ten races. Hanging about. Hanging about in the simulator to keep himself sharp, doing show runs, marketing around Red Bull, like all the shit Red Bull does with their drivers, Danny's a perfect (laughs) fit for. Yeah, absolutely. And it opens him up to jump into other categories on weeks off. 
So he'll probably do a guest race at NASCAR. That's got to be happening. Oh, they'll be 100% looking at that. Yep, he'll he'll be around for the Bathurst weekend. He'll be doing something there. Like, he he's going to pop up in more places than just F1 over the year, year or years ahead mm-hmm. by nature of that. The only thing is, is if the Japanese race is over Bathurst weekend, I could see him being in Japan rather than Bathurst. For Honda. Speaking of Honda... There oh, yeah, shit. That was the other news I completely... F- a little sneaky rumour that Honda might be coming back in as a de- its own engine manufacturer, but not with Red Bull, leaving yeah. Red Bull powertrains independent. I did say this. Isn't the, I believe the, the deadline was extended till like the end of the month, wasn't it? Yes. On that, though, the only real question I have around that, and we will not know the answer for a while, is Honda has sold their intellectual property rights... To Red Bull. They'd have to develop a whole new engine. A whole new engine, wouldn't they? Unless there's a profit share. I don't know how laws work that well. Look, if, if we go on the basic understanding of IP and shit, they've sold the, the blueprints and all the IP for that engine they've developed to Red Bull. That is a Red Bull powertrain. It's no longer a Honda. Honda develops with it and it's helping them... Is like developing it or some shit. Is that what it They're is? They're still hanging around. I think it's, it's kind of like, like a wet fart. Like mentors. Like wet farts. Yes. Where they're just, there's that man with the clipboard, the very stern Japanese man with the clipboard. He's still there. Yes. Pointing at things, ticking, doing stuff. So that's what I mean. If you're developing and they have to develop a whole new IP, yeah. can any of those elite level engineers work on that, knowing that they know that one in and out. I guess the only change, though, is that they're dropping the MGU-H. Yeah, the more difficult. It's the more difficult one of the two. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head. It's going to be interesting, knowing the sport. Is it the MGU-K? Now I want to know. Is it the MGU-H or MGU-K? Give it a quick Google because it is one of them, and it's the complicated one that hasn't really filtered down into any other cars. I okay, want to say it's the H because the kinetic is what hybrids today use on their wheels. Yeah, so it is the MGU H and an increased output from the MGUK. Sweet. And that, that works pretty well. If you own a Toyota hybrid, if you own any form of hybrid, you have that technology in your car. And you also drive a piece of shit. No, man, them crawlers are fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that drives a hybrid should just be a full electric car. Fuck them. Fucking saving the universe bullshit. <laughs> fucking him, give me a V8. I miss them so much. What, V8s? Yes. It's going to cost an arm and a leg to drive them 100k soon. I know. I know. They're so expensive, but they sound so good. Can we at least put on a Bluetooth speaker on every F1 car that makes them sound like they've got the V8 to 12s in it? Well, that's what they should do with Formula E. And then Formula E would be exciting. Formula E sounds like a basketball court, but not in a good way. Yeah, like if you put that Bluetooth speaker on Formula E, all of a sudden I might be interested in watching it. Same. It's it's the sole reason I watch Extreme E, because you can't hear the engine noise or the squeaking. It will be interesting to come back in, but knowing this sport like we know this sport, we will find out information, because it will end up in court as everything else does. Oh, definitely. Other news. Other news, uh, there's more smoke out of Marinello. And Marinello. And where there's smoke, there's fire. There is. So and it's a nice Ferrari red fire. It is, well, that's because the engine exploded after Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. No, um, race is reporting there's more. There is more news behind this Bonotto sacking. It was Bonotto who requested that if his job is safe to have that statement come out, which it did. All right. But there is rumblings behind the scenes that maybe maybe there's more to it than meets the eye. Fred Vasseur actually had a trip to Marinello planned between Abu Dhabi and Brazil. Okay. That never went ahead. But why would you go to Marinello to, for any other reason other than to talk to Ferrari about a job at Ferrari? When you think about it, they've got the Audi deal in place. So it can't be an extension on that Ferrari engine deal. Nope. So why else would he be going there? To move up to be the new team principal of Ferrari. It's not unrealistic. What's his name? Mattia Bonotto has had this gig for a couple of years. Since 2018, and he was the technical director in 2017. 
when they famously fell off the cliff as well. Yep, there hasn't been a decent outing for Ferrari since two thousand and six. Yeah, <laughs> but sorry, 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 two thousand seven. And he was working as a mechanic back then too. Probably because there's that, no, there's a clip of Michael Schumacher introducing Mattia Bonotto as a young man sitting there in front of a little like one oh, of our okay. laptops. I don't know why I remember that image so vividly, but it is out there. The only image I remember of Michael Schumacher is the one with young Max. I know where your head was going there, and I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I gave you a look. <laughs> I gave you a look. <laughs> the thought was there to make that joke, but no, <laughs> I am respectful this week. No jokes like that. That was a terrible joke, Andrew. Why would you, <laughs> Jack, why would you think I would say something like that? That's horrible. Because we have about 30 minutes of deleted audio of things that can never be released said by you and me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and it covers everything. Any topic. No one's safe. I think that the head honchos at Ferrari do need to make a decision very, very soon. You have an incredibly talented lineup. Yes. In a good car. A very good car. This car's quick. Mm-hmm. Looks good, and they can't do anything with it. So here's here's my thinking. All right, so Ferrari came into 2022 with n- no thought to win the championship. They thought they were going to move to closer to the front of the grid, but not challenge for the championship. That was their whole story since pre Bahrain. Then Bahrain happens. It's a one-two for Ferrari. Marinello loses their mind. Saudi Arabia happens, and then Australia happens, and Charles wins again. Two wins out of the first three races. Charles has a 46-point lead in the championship. Wouldn't your goals change at that point? Without a doubt. And they did, didn't they? Surely they did. You're like, well, we're here. We're winning. No. According to everything I've read, Ferrari still said they weren't challenging for championships. That was their story throughout the whole season. That might be valid, but I think they forgot to tell Charles that. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Because he didn't know that they weren't going to win. He, uh... Oh, boy. He's had a rough year. Yeah, he has. Poor Charles. But if you think about it, if you think about it like that, they've still improved on the last two years. Yes. Yes. But the viewpoint I'm taking on this is, while you have improved on the last two years, I would say there is a larger gap in missed points than gain points in that improvement. So for the opportunities they had throughout this season to capitalize on, they lost more there than they actually gained in improving their position. That improvement, though, and I don't want to like yeah. discredit everything, is pretty much solely due to Mercedes having an absolute shocker, designing a bad car. Yeah, did you see Lewis's uh, farewell to it? That was the most passive-aggressive farewell to a piece of trash I've ever seen. Yeah, I read his the, Instagram post. More to the point that he even considered chucking a sickie during the fucking test over after the race. <laughs> What's the after the race test about? Is that just okay. kind of a final shakedown? So what it was is it was a Pirelli 2023 tyre test. Okay. So the main drivers, so anyone who has had more than two Grand Prix experience, they were in the Pirelli test. So they were testing the 2023 tyres. So that's all your main drivers plus Hulkenberg, Alonso, and all that jazz. Speaking of which, I know why Alonso r- ran a blank. Aston Martin will get into that after that. The other side of that test is the young driver test. Yep. So if you have competed in less than two Grand Prix you're a, and you sort of qualify for a Super Alliance license, I don't think the Mercedes guy did. I don't think he did. Nick. No, it wasn't Nick. Nick was in the AlphaTauri as the young driver for the AlphaTauri because that's where he's going. Yep. Uh, it was Fred Vesti. Fred, yeah, Vesti, the young F2 kid. Yeah, he was in the Mercedes doing laps. Anyway... Robert Schmorsman was in for Ferrari. Nick DeFries was in for AlphaTauri. Piastri. Piastri was in for McLaren. Sergeant did Williams, I believe. Yes. Porsche for Alfa Alf- Romeo. Haas was Fittipaldi. And Nico. No, Nico was in the other in the other test. We're just talking young drivers here. Oh, young drivers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's had more than two Grand Prix experience, they're in the Pirelli test if they drove. Right. Okay. I can't remember who the other one. Schwarzman was for Ferrari. Alpine had Dewan. Am I missing anyone? I don't think I am. Oh, Aston had Dragovic. Oh, good. I'm glad that kid's finally been given a, a little bit of attention for winning the championship. I know, right? He won. 
Hey, did you know Felipe Drogovic won the championship in the same machinery as everyone else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check, do a sandal check. Are you wearing sandals? No. No. I don't wear those fucking things. I Keep going about shoes. the test. Anyway, test happens, and it, it happens at the end of every year. You know how Alonzo had that test at Alpine two years ago? The young driver's yeah. test. Yeah, well, that, that, with that happening, I think then they turned it into this split test because, as you're saying, Nico Hulkberg was in the Haas, Gasly was in the Alpine with an Alpine-branded helmet, which he wasn't probably allowed to wear. Probably not. It looked good, though. It did look good. So, if we look at why Alonso had to drive the Aston in a blank car with no branding on it, he's only allowed a Pirelli logo and an Aston logo. Reason was, he's still contracted to Alpine. He was just loaned to him for a couple of hours. Oh, there you go. So, he had to, dri- he had to drive with no branding. That was the condition. Same as Gasly going to Alpine for the day. Gasly's still technically a Red Bull driver for the, for the foreseeable future. Until obviously it goes to he goes to Alpine, so they gave him time, but he was not meant to be driving with branded. So that's why he had the blank race suit, race suit, same as Nick DeVries. He had the blank race suit, but was allowed to drive in the car because no photos from that test are allowed to be published of Nick DeVries. I understand why these are the because these are contractual obligations with a huge amount of money on the line. Yes. The only real comment I had to make is I saw plenty of photos of the blank Aston Martin. Yeah, that was the big one. And I disagree with everybody online who says, look how good they look with no sponsors. I don't think it looks that good with no sponsors. I don't think it looks good. It needed the pink accent instead of the white. <laughs> We've had this argument a few weeks back. Yes, but we haven't spoken about the blank bit. Look, They look shocking with no sponsors on them. All the cars look shocking without sponsors yeah, on no, them. Yeah, no, the sponsors, like they're designed to hold sponsors. They look better with sponsors on them. Yeah, the Not, only that, car, we, not the that I can recognize a single sponsor on the Aston, I've seen three laps of it all year. Cognizant, BWT, Aston Martin, Pirelli. I know this. I'm, I can fucking picture it too. Aramco's on there. Aramco. That was the one I was fucking thinking of. It's on the fucking wing. Yeah. That's why I was pissed. I'm like, it's on the fucking wing. Yeah. Uh, and there's one other big one. And then I can't remember the rest. Yeah, no, the only one that I recognize is Citrix because I have to use that for work. <laughs> that's the there only you go. one. There it is. And they, they have got a crypto on this. I think they're crypto.com. I think they're crypto.com because every F1 team has a fucking crypto sponsor. A crypto sponsor. A couple Except years for ago. Mercedes now. Because they tanked, didn't they? Yeah, they're FTX tanked. I wanted to bring that up. Crypto, I, you know what? I'm not bringing that up because I know nothing about crypto. Neither and I do don't I. Care. You can make a lot of money off it. Yeah, true. That's all I can tell you. But I want to. We should. You know what? We've gone on a massive sidetrack here because we were back talking about Bernardo. Fer- yeah, back to Ferrari. He's out of here. We think allegedly. But I want to. I want to go back to your comment about how much Ferrari's left on the track with points. So let's have a look at the Ferrari results this year, in particular where they've failed, yeah, and whose fault it truly was. Let's see if we can come up with where they've left points on the track and where the drivers have left points on the track and who who. Who's left more on the track, Ferrari or the drivers? Yeah, and pretty much give like, what we're going to do is treat it like a racing incident. Who is who is the cause of enough of the blame yes. to be penalised for it? Bernardo? And at the end of the day, it's going to be Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll joke. All right. <laughs> Bahrain, Charles wins, Carlos second. Everything looks like sunshines and rainbows at Maranello. Yep, good strategy. Good strategy. Saudi Arabia? Uh, Carl, uh, not Carlos, Charles comes second, Carlos comes third. Still sunshines and rainbows. Perfect. Australia, Carlos retires. Now, that was his mistake. He went off into the gravel. That's right. And then hit the wall coming through that sweeping section. I remember that one. Yes. Where so I took Cam out the other day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, and Charles obviously won the race. Imola, Charles comes sixth. Carlos retires. Now, Carlos retiring is a Daniel Ricciardo incident. Yes, he hits him, doesn't he? He hits him and takes Carlos out. So that one is not on Ferrari. We've got two not on Ferrari here. We've got one on Carlos, one no one. And I'm going to say this one's on Charles too because Charles was leading this race and then he fucked up. I have no memory of Imola this year. He comes six. He was leading the race. He saw red with Max, tried to make a pass, put it in the wall, 
rejoins the track six. That's right. Yep. So that's on Charles. That one's on Charles. Miami. Carlos comes third and Charles comes second. Still sunshines and rainbows. Good outing. And then Spain happens. That's on Ferrari. That one's on Ferrari. <laughs> That's on Ferrari. He was Char- Charles' engine go bang, bang. The 25 seconds he was out in front by. That, that Charles was winning that race. He was going to win that race if that engine didn't go bang, bang. So that one's one for Ferrari, one for the drivers. Cool. And one in the Lewis Hamilton bin. Carlos, however, he comes fourth. Solid. Solid effort from Carlos there. Then Monaco happens. That's on Ferrari. This one is also on Ferrari. So that's two to Ferrari now. Yep. Because they pit they pit Charles at the wrong time. They do it. They do the uh very, very rare species of the Monaco double stop. Yes. It's a it's a bold strategy and unfortunately it didn't pay off this year. It never works. Anyway, we go to Azerbaijan. This one's on Ferrari. That's two points to, that's a two points to Ferrari because both retired with the engine issues. Yep. And Charles was in the lead of the race again. Okay, so we are talking here about 60 points, probably. Roughly, but we got four four mistakes for Ferrari, two to the drivers. Yep. So we're four to two, and one in the the Sir Lewis Hamilton didn't did, did nothing wrong bin. <laughs> Canada, Charles actually had a really good race. He comes from the back of the grid because he takes his engine penalty, drives to fifth. It's Charles. Carlos, however, comes second. So we're we're back to sunshines and rainbows. Everything's happy in the red camp. Yes. Great Britain happens. Now this one I'm putting on Ferrari. It's only one point to Ferrari because Charles was in the lead of the race and they left him out on old hards when everyone else pitted for softs. The old Michael Massey strategy. Look, it got Carlos his win. That's why it's only one point, not two points. Fair enough. I'll take that. So five to Ferrari. Two to the drivers. Two to the drivers, one in the bin. Carl, uh, Austria, we got a win for Charles, and uh, they tried to cook Carlos alive. So one point So that's Ferrari. seven points to Ferrari now. <laughs> <laughs> no, six. Six? Yeah, because Charles won. I've lost my math. We should have yep. been right in this. Down. No, we're on six. I we're remember. on six. All right, six, two, one. France, Carlos comes fifth. But I'm putting this one on Charles because he was in the lead of the race and put it in the wall. Yep. On so his own. So that's three drivers, six Ferrari, one DR. Yes. Hungary. Carlos comes fourth and Charles comes sixth. I'm putting that one on Ferrari because Charles got left out on bad strategy. I don't remember Hungary either. So I, I, rem- I remember uh, it was Charles was in the lead of the race. He had to pit for because he was on the wrong tyres and he just couldn't get he couldn't get back through the pack. Yeah, fair. Because you can't pass it hungry. No, there's like one... It's outside of turn one is the only passing spot. Exactly. Anyway, we go to Belgium and Carlos comes third and uh, Charles comes sixth. Charles is starting in the back of the pack. Max gets a tear off into his brake duck. This is the first brake duck incident of the season. Of two, I believe. Yeah, two. So I'm going to throw this down with the DR, DR incident. This wasn't on Ferrari, this one. It was just a. It was an unfortunate circumstance, and Ferrari did their best. Like he got back to six. Yep. From being in last. So seven, three, two. Two. Netherlands. Charles comes third. Carlos comes eighth. Did Carlos have a bad Netherlands? I don't remember. I think he was just slow. To be honest, man. I that think doesn't was, shock me. Yeah, I think it was just not a good weekend for him all round. No. Okay, so we move on to Italy. Charles second, Carlos third. Um, there's no points there. No. No one gets Good anything. weekend. Good weekends. Uh, Singapore, uh, C- Charles second, Carlos third. Good weekend. Good weekend. It was fourth in Italy for Carlos, not third. I read it wrong. Then, um, then Japan happens. <laughs> so I'm going to give... I think this is a, a incident, a racing incident, this, wasn't it? Carlos spins out on lap one because of the extreme wet. You can't put that down to anything Ferrari did. And you can't put it down to anything Carlos did. Because this extremely wet, it's an unfortunate incident. Yeah, look, if you had to give a point, which we don't, we'd have to give it to Carlos, but we're but, not. No, this is an unfortunate incident. So that just goes in the other. Yep, 732. 733. Three. Yeah, three. And, but, 
we have to give a point to Charles. Because Charles could have kept the championship alive and he made a stupid punt. Ah, stupid breaking error right at the end of the race. That's right, and he dropped back. He dropped back five positions and Max wins the championship. So that's a point to Charles. That is a point to Charles. It is 7-4-3. Yes. USA, Carlos retires and Charles comes third. This was a George Russell incident. This is 100% George Russell's fault. So 7-4-4. He gets his own category. <laughs> he gets his own category because he's a prick. Fair enough. Uh, Mexico, Carl, uh, Charles comes sixth and Carlos comes fifth. Good weekend. As just, they were just slow. They had to turn the engine down because of the... Heat. No, actually, you know what? That's two to Ferrari because they had to bring their fucking engines yeah, down. Yeah, right. You, yeah, because it was the altitude. The altitude was too high. The engines were going to go bang, bang if they ran them at full power. So, nine. Nine to Ferrari. Then we go to Sao Paulo. Carlos comes third and Charles comes fourth. Okay weekend. Okay weekend. They probably had... The engine was still probably turned down a little bit, but not as bad as Mexico. And finally, we come to Abu Dhabi, where... Good weekend. Charles comes second, and Carlos comes fourth. Good weekend. So, I think we can comprehensively say, new team principal for Ferrari. Yeah, easily. Because here's the thing. If the if it was driver-only error, mm-hmm. and this hasn't even taken into account bad pit stops that have caused one or two positions lost in some of those other races, Yeah, right? exactly. This, this is, is a very basic look. This is us not even remembering what happened in half of them. The leadership at Ferrari needs to make a decision. Oh, I think there needs to be two sackings over the off-season. Strategist? The strategist 100% fired and Matteo Bonotto either moved into a different position or let go. Yeah, look, and the way this sport goes, it'll be let go because... I can't see him going, yeah, no, I'll take a demotion and work under someone else. Once you've made it to the top, you normally go somewhere else. Just moving from the F1 team, put him in the the road car category. Put yeah. him somewhere there or put him down in WEC or put him, like, WEC, they're starting a new WEC program. Why can't he go a bit team principal there? It's less pressure. Yeah, I if I'm sitting at the top four, I'd be like, yeah, you can go do it somewhere else. I don't want him doing whatever he's doing. Fair enough. Anywhere else. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt that the majority of this comes down to engine design, strategist. That That's not on him. He's the team principal, though. He has to take some brunt of the punishment, and the punishment would be stepping, being taken down as team principal and moved on you to know something what? else. Valid point. And I would sack the two that genuinely have caused issues this year, which is definitely the strategist. He should never have a job in Formula One. Really bad year. He really had a shocker. One of probably one of the worst years of strategy I've seen. Yes. Especially when your competition has had an absolute blinder. Yeah. Because that, that chick at Red Bull has done wonders this year. Hannah? Hannah something. Yeah. She's been fantastic. Oh, f- flawless. Here's the thing. Here's the only mistakes that have been made at Red Bull. A couple of driver errors and one or two slow pit stops. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, that that's how, I guess that sums up. Mattia Botanato should be moved on. I think so. I think so. Other news, Logan Sargent got enough points to get his super license. He'll be at Williams for next year. Yep. So, that means the grid is now 100% confirmed. And this is what it looks like. Red Bull's Max and Sergio, no change. Ferrari, no change. Charles and Carlos. Mm-hmm. Mercedes, unfortunately, no change. Hamilton and Russell. McLaren. There is a change. Change. Piastri's coming into partner Norris. That's been confirmed for a while. Yep. Bottas and Zoe at Alpha. Alpine, Gasly and Ocon. French Civil War. <laughs> Alpha Tauri, De Vries and Sonoda. Battle of the <laughs> small people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just thought of something here. What are the French known for when shit go hits fan? Getting an American in to fix the problem. No, protesting <laughs> and causing absolute chaos. Can you imagine if Alpine crashes and burns because they've got two look two you feuding have, drivers and, and then p- Otmar on top? Oh yeah, it's happening. 
Oh, this is going to be great for Alpine next year. Alonso's going to love every second of this. Fernando is the smartest man in the sport, always has been. He knows when to get out of a burning ship. Speaking of which, Aston Martin is strolling Alonso, and Alonso has done nothing but speak praise to Aston Martin since he's gone there. He says he sees promise in the car, and I'm inclined to believe him. He also said that he was worried about the power steering in the Aston Martin, and after jumping in the car at the test... He thinks there's less to work on than he originally thought, and he's really looking positive for next year. And I hope it's a good year for him. I really do too, because he's a good bloke. And lastly, I haven't forgotten, Williams is Albon and Sargent, which might be... You did forget someone. No, I didn't. You forgot Haas. They're not on the graphic. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, they are. Where? Above Williams. Oh, shit, I did. Jack's really good at reading. Oh, my God, I forgot. Magnuson Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. He's back. God, he, good, he looks so good, doesn't he? he? He thinks there's human degradation after that test. He did 150 laps. Oh, damn. He pushed that car to the absolute pinnacle to get some practice in, and he looked good. All right, look, everyone looked good in their new cars. There was, you know, the obvious ones that didn't do well, which is like Alonso at Aston, but Alonso, same promise. Yeah. It's because the 2022 Aston Martin was a dog shit car. Oh, horrible. Horrible. Even after they changed their design, still didn't get much better. I know. Anything else for news, mate? Oh, actually, there is one more thing we need to talk about. Yeah, there's big, big news, actually. Bit disappointing for us. It looks like the Shanghai Grand Prix in China is going to be cancelled due to the country's COVID policies. Yeah, so I believe the policy is if you catch COVID, you've got to spend five days at an isolation facility and then three days at home isolated which means f1 don't want to risk flying someone in catching it and then they a team losing a, a potentially key player for eight days yep and also that means like crowd limitations all the extra stuff that comes along with that which is sad for two reasons one it's a pretty good track and we haven't been there in a while and it's a circuit track so we like those even yep. if it's not our favorite one having more of those is an inherently good thing the second thing is, Joe's never been able to race at home yet. And and I prob- like the kid. And he's probably not going to now, I think. No. I, I don't d- see Joe staying past this year. Yeah, you, you've you been a little bit... We have very different viewpoints on how his year's gone. Oh, I think purely because of two reasons now. One, Audi coming in and taking a majority in Sauber. And two, Teo Porsche has been waiting and has got an F2 drive this year. And if he wins or comes second... You can't not have that kid move up to F1. It's a good point. It's a it's, good it's, point. That's the only reason why. Joe's just, he's there. Yeah, and for me, it's more of a heart pick. He seems like such a good kid. He yeah, he'll do, very real, he'll do really well in whack. <laughs> or Formula E. Or IndyCar. Or literally anything. I'm sorry, man, but you just, the speed isn't there. Yeah, and I'm always going to sit on the line of, he hasn't had a car or the opportunity to show speed yet. I mean, the quickest he went was on his head. good point Um, speaking of Alfa Romeo just an interesting thing popped up online and it was a breakdown of Bottas's first laps in regards to positions gained or lost and he lost positions on every single first lap this year yeah because he out qualified that car he put it in like 5th, 6th or 7th or something and that car was not a good starter, so he just dropped back. Yeah, it was just interesting to see someone the do the data was, like that. He lost like eight eight positions in one race. I think that was the majority, the maximum. And it was an incident too. I think he went round something. Yeah. I guess now we have to talk about the actual Grand Prix that happened a couple of days ago. Yeah, so it was lights out and away we go at midnight Australian time, and then that's the race. Pretty much. Because Max got out in front and that was it. I think the only thing Sergio did was he had a quicker getaway but that was lost by the time they got to the first corner that was his whole competition for the race that was it yeah that was it and Max had a cruisy Sunday drive there was a little bit of radio chatter with him essentially being like arguing with GP just being like man let me push it and GP was kind of like don't worry about it you're good. Yeah, well, that was because they were keeping him on that one stopper. He needed to save tyres towards the end. Look at what happened with Seb. Yeah, yep. So Seb also did a one-stopper in the middle of the pack when everyone did a two-stopper around him, and he was just a sitting duck for the majority of it. Yep. It did pay off in the end, though, for Seb. Yes, due to two things. 
two inc- two things happened in the race. The first one was uh like shock Pikachu face when Alonso retired halfway oh, through the race. Seriously, that man like Did you see his eyes? Not he happy. just he just looked so just like dead inside. He's like, I'm just I'm I'm glad I'm leaving this fucking team tomorrow. Yep. If he knew that F two was called F two, he would have said that on the radio. I know, right? But the other thing I want to point out about Alonzo too, did you see his tribute helmet this week? Was that the one with all the uh name? Oh, it was a Danker Seb. It was it was Seb's design with all the Alpine sponsors on. He's been at Endstone. He's won two world championships with Endstone, been there three separate times. This is his last race with them, and he decided to thank Seb, not Alpine. I don't blame him. I don't either. <laughs> I don't blame I him at that, all. I just think that's really funny that Alonzo thanks Seb over the team that's done quite a lot for him over the years. Yeah, true. And true. we know he's not coming back there. He has no desire to go back to Alpine. No, Aston will probably be his last seat. It's just for better or worse. Yeah. Because he's getting old. Not slower. He's 41. So yeah, he'll be incredible. 42 by the end of the contract. And he still has the option himself to go to 43, which is insane. And he probably will go to 43. After that, though, he'll probably just be like, peace out. We don't Look, we thought he was going to be peace out at the end of this. And then look what happened. Very true. And I tell you what, though. I tell you what, when he's 60 and he's still in Formula One, we're just going to be like, whatever. Yeah, when this show's... Long dead because we've given up on it. We would text <laughs> each other and be like, can you believe Fernando is still racing? Can you believe he outlived us? <laughs> um, I don't... and Because you know how drivers, when they sometimes come back or they go down to another team, it tarnishes their legacy a little bit? Yeah. I think Fernando has such a personality and charm that he's only actually giving to his legacy by performing worse in a poor car because he's flawless. Mm. It's the car. Like, he's only building a larger legacy, being like, this is a man who won two, dipped, came back, poor car, and is still more popular than ever. Oh, he's the best. He is incredible. And the other incident was just, I mean, I mean, it Nick was took out Latifi. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, it was it was like the meme of Mayor Quimby looking at the window. It's like, I bet I get blamed for this, but put Latifi's face <laughs> over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's yeah. how I felt. When yeah. I seen the incident, I was just like, oh, what's he done now? Then I seen what actually happened. I was like, that's still somehow Latifi's fault for being too slow. Because oh. Latifi was on hards and Mick was on mediums, so... And Mick came out and was like, I didn't even see him. It's like, well, where were you looking, bro? (laughs) Like, what were you looking at? I know, right? And Mick got a five-second penalty for it. Yeah. And then Lewis's car got stuck in seventh gear right at the end of the race. It did, and he had to go out. He also had a very similar Abu Dhabi 21 moment with (laughs) the Ferraris. And he got airborne. He got airborne, which ended up damaging his floor. It cracked it, I believe. They finally got to the bottom of it, and they were like, yeah, no, it snapped a piece of the floor. Oh, no, anyway. Yep. But... Other highlights I want to talk about is we had a one last, and here comes Sebastian Vettel. We did get that, and it was nice to hear. It was so lovely. It was just like the, and here comes Sebastian Vettel. I haven't said that in a while, Brundle. Yeah. Crofty was actually really, really good this weekend. I think it was just, he was caught up in the emotion of a lot of his friends leaving. So he was just on fire. He had a good one. Also, he knows he's going on break, so he can sleep up, so he can be good for Bahrain next year, and then fall back into his old habits by Saudi Arabia. He did make he did make one blunder and he just looked at Brando and was like, I've said a lot of words this year, man. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> like he's tired. It, it's the longest season in F1 history. And it's even longer next year, provided China stays on the track, which it's not going to. Probably not. And they won't replace it with anything. Those contracts are all tied up for that part of the year next year on every racetrack. Mm-hmm. So we won't see that. Any other exciting bits in the race? Anything that stuck out to you? Because I've got a couple more. I'm just trying to remember. I watched it today, and yeah, not much really fucking happened. It got a little bit like that at certain points. Other things that stuck out, there was a nice... There was five Javantes on the field today. I was watching the Bulls play at the same time. Oh, right. I was more invested in that than Abu Dhabi, so that's why there was five Javantes on the ground. I'm glad you've explained that, because I was like, one, what's a Javante? And two, what the hell does that apply to everyone? The things I want to point out, though, was... Ocon and Seb and Alonso had a bit of a battle for a couple of laps. Decent yep. overtaking. 
They did bring up an interesting fact. DRS is getting activated a lap earlier next year, so you only need to complete one racing lap. Actually, you want to sp- uh, speaking of that, Brundle also bitched and moaned about that all race. That was the one thing I picked up. He was like, DRS is too powerful this year. We should shorten the race dif- uh, DRS distance. I think it was mainly around the straight on this one that he was saying the lot. overtakes are happening on the straight, not in the corner, and he didn't yeah. like that. I don't care. I don't care either. There was 79 overtakes this year. This no. race. Yeah, this race, sorry. Yeah, not this year, no, man. The, the one who made the most was like 71. I think it was Alonzo. But more the point, there's more overtakes this year. The more overtakes means better racing. Yep. Shut the fuck up, Brundle. <laughs> yep. And we like Brundle. We do. But we you're like wrong. He is you're wrong. wrong. It was a Brindle moment, not a Brundle moment. Exactly. It was not a certified hood classic. No. And the other things is DR got points. And Seb. Yeah, and Seb, and they came around the last Ninth corner. And close. Ninth and tenth, finishing. That's what I meant together. about five Javantes on the field. Oh, damn. They just brought <laughs> up that graphic. <laughs> um, yeah, so Seb and Danny had a nice little battle right towards the end, and even after the race, Danny got as close as he could to Seb to wave at him, clapped him off, was like, thank you for a good race. I noticed Seb tearing up on the grid too. I mean, as you wouldn't. Oh, as two, if you wouldn't. 299 on pre starts. Can you 3,098 points scored. Yep. Can you please let him back from race next year so he so can, can score 300? two points. Yep. That's all he needs to do. He scored two points. Two points and, and do one more race. He's all good. 300, 4,000 points. And then we're good. That's it. Put him in the Red Bull for one race next year. No, then he'll win it. Right. How do we get him two points? Put him in... The McLaren. Give him McLaren. <laughs> That'll get you two points. Put him in the Ferrari. That'll get you two points. I mean, no, I mean, it will either get you a win or zero points. Yeah, true. And something horrible will happen to him. So I put him in Ocon seats particularly because that one seems to finish around eighth all the time. Yes. There we go. We figured it out. He goes into Ocon seat. Done. Yeah. He's It'll the be thing. a great race because there's no I, Ocon. I would put anyone in Ocon seat <laughs> if I could, Andy, for every race. I would make that very clear. I would put anybody I could. I'd put myself in there. I would put you in there. It'll be a good race, that's for sure. We um, we did a race the other day, actually. Yeah, me, you, and our friend of ours jumped on the old F1 race, and uh, turns out we can't race when it's us three together. I was blind drunk. And, and we just we just decided to crash into each other because it was funny. Yeah, we had to change the setting, so we did. We literally took end. all the damage off. We took all the rules off, and then we just had a <laughs> We made Monaco fantastic. We've known how to fix it. It's a bumper race. It's going to need some severe engineering changes to the F1 cars and how You're it works. You need to make them out of, like, titanium or something. But it's doable. And you need to take all rules away. Yes. No rules. Well, actually, the funny thing was, you out-qualified us by four seconds, and we wondered how you out-qualified us by four seconds. <laughs> and then going watched, into turn one. You cut the corner. Every corner you cut, and Kim and I were like, oh, well, that's how you get fucking four <laughs> seconds. You just don't go around. You Fernando Alonso just being like, that's not here anymore. I'm not doing that this lap. <laughs> Look, I I just did what Fernando did. Papa Fernando. And there was no penalties. I didn't get a penalty, so why wouldn't I stop? why would I stop doing it? I think in the first race when we had all the rules, when I got six penalties. <laughs> Mate, at least you finished lap one. Yeah, you got taken down by Lewis two races in a row. Fucking Lewis. No wonder I'm salty at him. Yeah, no wonder. Uh, anything else that happened in the actual race, not our bullshit race? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking George had an unsafe release. And yeah, he nearly took fu- out one of the McLarens, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he nearly took out Lando. Uh, that, that honestly would have been your favorite Hon- I'm sitting there being like, you know what? I, I would have been cool if they both took each other out. I'd be like, hell yeah, <laughs> but unfortunately, they didn't. No. So L- Lando locked up in the pits, which made his pit stop slow. George got a five-second penalty, and then he had a sook. And, I mean, we all know what we think of George Russell. Yep. There was a couple of slow pit stops. You could tell that the fatigue was getting to a few of the teams because a few of them bungled it. There was a slow Ferrari one. There was a slow Red Bull one, and they never make mistakes. Mm-hmm. The Mercedes one, they screwed up once, and I think that was the three errors in the pit stops. It was the three big dogs all had an error in the pit stop. They're allowed to this race. The championship's over. Oh, and it was. The only thing that was securing up was second in the championship. Yeah. And George had no chance at it because he had he to win and he had to have a faster slide. And he needed the other two to not not finish. finish. Yeah, and they, they finished. Which, look, here's the thing, right? I thought it weird that they stated that. But if they didn't, he would have come second. You know what I mean? Like, if they, if they had gone, oh, these are the only two who are 
possibly able to win it. George would have been yeah, second. Yeah, George would have come second. And funnily enough, George is the first person since Nico Rosberg to beat Lewis Hamilton in the same machinery. Equal machinery. Yeah. It doesn't matter that the machinery was a piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> Crap, yeah. And Wait, it really was. The story of Mercedes' season is they actually built a bad car. W, uh, the number 13, bad luck for Mercedes, turns yep. out. Yep. So that, that that's Abu Dhabi. I can't think of anything else looking at these results that sticks out. Oh, actually, post-race. Let's go to the post-race. Oh, yeah, okay. So we've got some things to talk about, don't we? Haas are no longer the people's team. They they, they made a mistake, a big one, yeah. There they are. Told Mick to not do donuts. Yeah, and Mick's response was just, yeah, yeah, man, I love you too. Perfect response, though. No, you know what the perfect response would have been? Continue doing donuts and saying, what are you going to do, fire me? Continue doing donuts and then trash the car again. Give him another million dollars to fix. That's Actually, what I would have done. No, you know what that I motherfucker straight in the wall. Even, no. You know what I would have done that's even funnier? I would have blown the engine up. Yeah. Blow the engine and fucking be like, do the test now, bitches. Yeah, yeah good luck with the piece of shit. I mean... They have, and it's not the first time they've mismanaged the relationship with Mick. But no. this is the first time we're actually really focusing on it. If it's a driver's last race and they're leaving the sport, you let them do donuts. Yeah, Danny, That's the rules. Did Danny do donuts? I think so. I know Danny got the the little picture on the thing that said, thank you, Danny, with uh, the Monza win. Yep. With him and Lando on everyone's shoulders. And it was like a little setting. It was like purple C6 or something in... Daniel teared up when he's saying that, which was absolutely understandable. Also, it just goes to show, like, how smooth is that from your mechanics and your team to literally give you an engine setting that says, thank you, Danny, with a photo. Like, well, touching. Think about this. Seb also had one with him raising his arms after his podium with Aston last year. Yep. Last year, Valtteri got the in-finish thank you, Valtteri, on his setting, and he was tearing up about that. Like. Teams do care about their drivers as much as we didn't think McLaren gave a shit about Danny. They did. Yeah, of course. Like they, And a lot of what we were saying is they're not prime focusing on his driving style and the development of the exactly. car. It wasn't that they were bullying or being mean to him. That was never brought up by us. It was just like, no, they're prioritizing Lando's style over Danny, and we disagree with that. Yes. We still like Zach, despite, I think, when the incidents kicked off, we said we wanted him dead at one point. But apart from that, we mm. do like Zach. Yeah, we do. I'm curious if Alpine had done anything like that for Alonso, though. I'm very curious. Because Alonso obviously didn't finish. So I think he flicked his steering over and said, why don't you go talk to Seb, bitch? <laughs> 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 Gasly also heartfelt goodbye to his... For, to I think it's Hamlin is his race engineer. I have no clue, but you're probably You know, right. the guy that's super French on the radio. Oh, like, yes. Well done, Pierre. Yeah, yeah. That was actually yeah. good. <laughs> um, yeah, and look, Pierre is a founding driver for Alpha Tauri. He was there at the beginning. Well, yeah, for Alpha Tauri, not Toro Rosso, though. No, not Toro Rosso, but, but for Alpha Tauri. But it is a new team. He is a key figure at that team, I'd yep. say. Because even when it was Toro Rosso, he was there. He got them their first win since Seb. Uh, first podiums. Like He did so much for that team. And they took him back. They took him back after Red Bull chewed him up and spat him out. And he did well. Yes, this year was a bit of a write-off for the whole team. They made a bad car. Yeah, ninth in the championship. It's not going to be a good... It's going to be a clawback for them this year, next I, year. And here's the thing, though. We've seen what they can do when they get their car right. They yes. were pushing... They were on an upwards trajectory. They made a mistake. They will They will do better in the year to come. I've Here, no doubt. Here's an idea. Now, you can tell me it's completely wrong straight after it, because you probably will. What if they come out and have a blinder next year? Like they basically... They run Red Bull 2.0. Okay. And then third driver, Danny, gets the itching, and they're like, well, we don't want to get rid of Checo, but what if we put you in this car that's basically the, getting the same results? Yeah, I'll be fine with that. Danny's got his own team. Max has his own team. Oh. Oh. I like it. I like it. It's never happening. Oh, no, it's not happening. But it's, because it's like... You got Hauger and Lawson just sitting there waiting for that opportunity that's going to come up next year when Sonoda shits the bed. Yeah, weirdly enough, Sonoda had a pretty strong end of season. Yeah, he came 11th. Yeah, not last driver on the lead lap. Yeah. 
Like, weirdly enough, he had a good couple at last races. It doesn't excuse the rest of the year and some absolutely hideous beginner mistakes. Yeah. Other things we need to talk about, Joe got given the uh, Rookie of the Year award. I thought Fernando was going to get it, but uh, so Joe did got I, it. man. Joe got that, which is also well-deserved, well-earned. You did well, mate. And you're also the only rookie. You were. <laughs> yeah, the Next year, it'll be interesting, though, because you got Nick DeVries, Oscar Piastri, and Logan Sargent gunning for it. Yeah, I would say Piastri's in the best car. DeVries is the better driver. Oh, I think DeVries will get it. I, I think this year's Williams drive he did at Monza proves that DeVries can get everything out of a dog of a car. Oh, without doubt, man. He's a um. He's got a 100% points finish record. Yeah, that. And he's also a Formula E world champion. Like, the dude's got talent. Hmm. So, next year, oh, look, I'm really excited for next year already. I can't wait. I am looking forward to taking a little break from weekly re- weekly recordings. It's going to be nice yeah. to take a week or two off. And it's going to be nice not it. seeing you every week now. I've seen you tomorrow, dickhead. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, we we'll go through the results. Let's just go through the results for now. So, we got... Uh, Max wins, Charles second, Sergio third. There's your championship top three as well. Yep. Carlos fourth, George fifth. Last lap, Lando sixth, and he got the fastest lap on lap 44. And then Daniel Ricciardo came in ninth and Seb came tenth. And that's it. That's everyone that's who's That's top important. ten. Done. Top ten done. And uh, Aston Martin not getting enough points to jump ahead of Alfa Romeo in the championship. Good, that's Really t- good for Alfa Romeo. $12 million, Crofty kept quoting it. Seb was racing for there. If he'd have passed Danny. And that's a catering budget. That is. That is <laughs> a, that's half a catering budget. <laughs> We're going to do a new segment today. Pretty much because three, two of our favorites and, and a person we liked is leaving the sport. And we wanted to talk about them a little bit. So let's start with the big one. Four-time, four-time world champion. Uh, 122 podiums, 53 race wins. Absolute legend. 3,098 points, 299 starts. F1 daddy. Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> I can't believe I said F1 daddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I wasn't there when Seb was on the blinder at Red Bull. I know a lot about it, but I wasn't watching the sport back then. However... I've always liked him. I thought the way he handled himself at Ferrari, he took it on the chin. He was always funny. The work he's done humanitarian-wise, he's just a statesman of the sport, dude. Yeah. Everybody loves him. I'm sad to see him go. Not that I'd ever think he'd win another championship, but you just don't want people like that leaving your organization. It's a big it's a big loss for Formula 1 losing Seb. That, that's what it comes down to. And you've got to think, he's been on the grid since 2008. In 2007, even, he did a few races at Sauber. Goes to Toro Rosso for two years. Comes up to the big boys in 09. To, uh, wins the championship from 2010 to 2013. Danny Rick gives him a run for his money in 2014, which forces him to break his contract and go to Ferrari till 2020. And then 2021 and 2022. Forgetful years, but he still knocked a podium or two. Well, he got two podiums, but only one count. Yes. It's just... And the, think about all the moments Seb's given us. Let's look, like, look back at Canada in 2019, for example. Yep, knocking the placard over, putting yeah. number one in front of his car. Just yeah, where, where his car should have been, because he didn't drive his car there. He parked his car in Park Ferme and fucked off to the motorhome, and they had to go look for him because he had <laughs> to be on the podium. And he won the happy chappy. <laughs> and just clearly a good person. Best villain... Best hero of the sport in the last 20 years. Best heel flip in F1, F1 history. history. He, he was hated. Yeah, I couldn't stand him when he was at Red Bull, just winning all the time, especially because it was against Mark Webber, who was Australian. And we like, and Mark Webber is a legend too. Yeah. No, I... It's a sad day seeing Seb go. Worst Instagram post of the year, Sebastian Vettel. Definitely. Downloads Instagram, retires, says nothing more. Yeah, and it has been posting a lot of history on it. A lot oh. of his history. Also, Grill the Grid champion with his reverse oh order championship. Oh, my God, that was fantastic. Every single champion. Like, if there is In a person order. who embodies the love of the sport more than Seb, I don't know who. He's just one of the greatest. There's not going to be another Sebastian Vettel for a long time. No. 
No, and he's still leaving with some records intact too. Yes. There's some things he's done that no one else will beat. Like that, the chan- uh, the amount of wins in a row, Max couldn't beat that this year. He got close, but he couldn't beat it. Yep. And it was third? It's like, it's, I think it's like 15 or something, or 14 or something. I think so it, it was only like two races away from it. Yeah, it was insane. Yep. In a row, and that was in that Red Bull too. Yeah, it was in that phenomenal Red Bull that he just he had a shocking start to the season, and he wins every race going into the last... Last round and wins. Yeah. That is phenomenal what Seb did in that car. I want to talk about Danny as well, though, because he's effectively leaving as well. Yep. Just, I don't think we could have asked. Him and Paddy Mills might be the two best Australian exports we've had on the world stage in sport. Like, Danny has represented the country beautifully, not only himself, but, like, everybody likes him. Mm-hmm. When you When you look for someone who sums up what Australians are and how they behave. That's him. It is. He was himself on the track. He was himself off the track. The shoey became massively popular because, because of, of his antics. Brundle did a shoey. Sir Patrick Stewart did a shoey. Crofty's done a shoey. David Coulthard's done a shoey. Lewis has done a shoey and had a <laughs> suck about it. Lando and Zach did shoeys and Zach loved it. Yeah. Yep. Look, he's won a bunch of races. Eight. Seven in a Red Bull, one in a McLaren. Yeah. And they better have given him that trophy. Oh, 100% he's got that trophy. But he, don't don't leave it at McLaren. Give it to him. It's always going to be a story for Danny of just not being at the right place at the right time. Career, a, A career of great career moves. Yeah. And it's sad that he never really got to capitalize on it. But I don't think that ever really got him down. It never seemed... He's never been jaded about any of the mistakes he's made. He's had some absolute badass moments too. Danny, you've got a five-second penalty. I'll drive faster. And he's done that, what, twice now? Yep. Successfully twice. (laughs) Successfully drove quicker twice. Every time he's taken someone out, he's the first person to go up to him and apologize. He went into Carlos's caravan to sit with him and be like, mate, that's on me. He's clearly a good bloke. Losing him and Seb in the same year is rough. Yep. And then Mick. And Mick, Mick really didn't get his career off the ground, did he? No, and he made a bunch of mistakes. I think... I don't think this is goodbye for Mick. I think Mick will get a second chance. Oh, I can see him coming back into the sport. Look, if Hulkenberg, and this isn't a dig at Hulkenberg, but if Hulkenberg, who's in his mid-30s to late-30s, never got on the podium, never had a race win, can get himself back into a racing seat, so can Mick, because Mick's quite talented. Mick's got points. If he was in a better car, I reckon we would have seen podiums. I've no doubt that Mick will come back, but it's his year's finished too. Yep. And that's it for the levers. Oh, no, Latifi's gone, but... I mean, he was always gone. Yep. And that's the thing. Really decent person. Like, I don't have any digs about his personality or whatnot, but wasn't cut out for F1. No. And, you know... Do I think if he was in a Mercedes, he would have had better performances? Not this year. But if he was in a better car, would he have had better performances? Yes. But do I think he had the ability to outdrive a car in any situation? No. No, he was con- consistently two or three seconds off the pace. Yeah. He was constantly two or three laps down. Like, for example, this year, Lewis went out, like in the last race, Lewis went out before him, but he still finished lower than Lewis because he was down more laps. You know what I mean? Like, it's just he wasn't on. T- he wasn't there. Yep. So that's it. That's it. That's that's a year twenty twenty two. Yeah. So we'll be back maybe in like a week or two. Yep. And we'll do a season review. Where we'll go through all the drivers. We'll give them a rating. We'll have an award show where we're going to give out awards. Yep. They'll be really stupid. Don't expect a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a wild year for us sitting around drinking beers, talking about this, to then starting it and managing to do a whole season's worth of episodes. So if you're listening, thank you so much. We've This has gotten bigger than we thought it would in our first year. Mm-hmm. We genuinely can't believe the support that all the listeners have given just by spending their time with us. For all the people who've helped us, your bosses who sorted us out with recording gear one yep. week, 
to Tommy, who's essentially invested in us and our idea. Yeah. And given us this equipment. To you for designing our website, man, and doing all the tech stuff. Like, it would just be a show without your involvement. All that sort of stuff. So thank you so much for being a part of 2021 with us. We promise we're going to get better for next year. It's only going to improve. Yep. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yep. See you guys.